0: Okay, well, we um, started a sermon series last week called All In, going all in on Jesus' mission. And uh, as I was thinking this this last week about this, I was reminded of, of superhero movies. Any superhero movie fans out there? Anyone out there? Uh, a few of you guys? Okay, um, and so I was looking up some statistics on superhero movies, And uh, there was a little less excitement in this room, actually, than I expected, uh, by the way, or you're just tired and it's raining. But based on the numbers, I mean, Black Panther alone uh, brought in $1.25 billion, (laughs) right? the top 15 grossing superhero movies ranged from making at the box office 700 million to 1.5 billion. I mean, guys, billions, right? This is crazy, um, right? And, and they're coming out with more and more superhero movies than ever before, right? And so we love superhero movies. I think we love to see a battle between good and evil, Partially because we see it in our world. We love to see someone rise up and fight evil and conquer it. We love to see justice come to the oppressed. We love to see healing and restoration for the broken. And we believe uh, and and to believe that there can be a peaceful ending in a hurting world. So whether it's Superman, Superwoman, Batman, whatever man or woman, whatever it is. uh, We love a good superhero movie and to see where there could be, you know, a superhero savior at work. And, um, you know, if if you've gone to one of these kind of thriller movies, you know how it is during the movie, you know, you're all locked in, it's all dark, you can't see anything, right? And, And you're in the plot, right? You've got the feels going on, you've got the excitement, you've got the lows, you know, you feel like you're there Conquering good and evil, right, with the superheroes. You're a part of this plot line, right? There's things being awakened in you. You've been, you came tired, you came a little beat down, but there's things there's courage, there's purpose, there's risk, you know, there's, there's love being awakened. All these, these feelings are happening, right? So you end and you're just inspired. And then the movie ends and the lights come on and you get up and your knees hurt. Right, you kind of moan a little bit, and you 're walking out on crinkling popcorn that the kids spilled in and, in and, and, and people 's sodas right and uh right, and then and then you're walking out of the theater, and if you see a daytime movie, you ever have that moment, you get out and you 're like, "Oh, you know, like, well, it's so bright? What have I been doing with my day, and like what's been happening out here, right, or at nighttime?" It's cold, right? You were just all filled with courage in the movie, but now it's 60 with a slight breeze and you're freezing outside. (laughs) I gotta get to my car, you know? and, and you get in your car with a rattle and a cracked window, you know, and, a, you're, and you're like, man, I'm low on gas. And driving home, you realize you have bills you forgot to pay, and, and, and suddenly you're out of the moment, right? You just realize that somewhere along the way, you're a, an ordinary person like me and, and like the rest of us, right? And, and that's that. And I think, though, we gravitate towards these superhero movies not only because we have a risen Savior who's real, but but there's something in us that connects with the plot line because we know deep inside of us we are made to be a part of fighting uh, for good and fighting evil. We know we're made to be a part of a bigger story than just going to work and paying the bills and raising safe kids or whatever. We know we're part of a bigger story than just going through the motions and being exhausted uh, all the time. And here's the good news. You don't need to be a superhero to be a part of that story. I think for many of us with creaking knees or, or, or rattling vehicles, you know, or, or people that forget to pay the bills and just carry stress from time to time, uh, we feel like that is just unachievable right? That there's a few in God's kingdom, a few superheroes who maybe talk in front of people or have this kind of extroverted personality or something like this So this leadership gift. God uses them, but the rest of us, we just kind of go through the motions. And man, that couldn't be farther from God's heart. God wired you intentionally. He's given you gifts, whether you're extroverted or introverted, whether you are a behind the scenes or in front of the scenes kind of person. God made you intentionally how you are for a purpose, for his purpose. God has given you a story for a purpose. Your story would connect with people in a way that my story wouldn't connect with people. You, yes, you with all your struggles, with your mental health deal or you whether it feels like a low capacity person or you without a college education or you with the health struggles. Yes, you. God chose you and God didn't make a mistake when he chose you and there's not a substitute for you and the things that God has called you to because there's no other you with the gift mix and the story and the anointing that God maybe specifically gave you. And I want to explore that today. I want to look specifically at the why. Why is it that we're motivated? What, what motivates us? I want to look at the what. What is it that we're called to as believers? Who are we called to and, and how do we do that? Um, and so uh, this kind of goes along with this, this bracelet prayer challenge. I want to invite us, if you don't have one of these, they're right in the back. We're inviting you to daily pray, God, give me your heart. For people around me. You see a little heart emoji on there. It's nice, you know? Uh, God, give me your eyes to see people. God, let me be your hands and feet today, wherever I go, and let me represent you, the good news, and your character and your nature to everyone that I go uh, around today. And we're inviting you to not only pray that daily, but be open to being the hands and feet of Jesus daily. And so this passage is going to really put some feet and some legwork to this bracelet and what we're praying. So this might be one of the more practical messages uh, of this series. But let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 14 to 21. I'm going to read it all the way through and then we'll, we'll go back um, somewhat sequentially and hit some different parts. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 doesn't help that I was turned to the book of Mark. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, let's start in verse 14. It says, for the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all and therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What a, what a powerful passage. There's a lot here. So uh, you can be praying for me during the message, and I'm able to move through this concisely. Uh, so I also want to get to some stories here to kind of help illustrate how we can uh, live this out. And so right there in verse 14, the first verse that we Red, it says this, the love of Christ compels us. The love of Christ compels us. Now, we were just in Valentine's Day, right? Uh, and, and there's a whole kind of marketing scheme around Valentine's Day. And, and I think, right, it, it kind of defines love for us. That love is some fuzzy feeling, possibly it's the apex on, on one day a year on February 14th. And love is giving and getting. Boxes of chocolates that are shaped like hearts. Love is getting right uh, flowers. Love is even maybe saying "I love you" or getting a card, right? And so we have these kind of cultural definitions of love, or maybe your definition of love was was framed by a superhero movie. I don't know what it is, but we have these definitions of love, right? But but how does my wife know that I love her? Is it a box of chocolates? That's thoughtful, you know. That's nice. Is it flowers, right? Uh, I, one thing I love about my wife is she's told me, actually, if you could just help me with some stuff, uh, that would be more uh, impactful than uh, some flowers, <laughs> you know. So, so flowers are not the epitome of, of my relationship with my wife, although I do give her flowers, right, from time to time. How my wife knows that I love her is not in the high moments, but it's in the challenges when I imperfectly, right, not that I nail this every time, when I say, hey, no matter what, I'm staking myself with you, and when things get hard, I'm not running the other way, but I'm actually pressing in with proximity and compassion and care. And I'm willing to lay down my life, starting with me repenting of what I need to repent of and serving you so that you can flourish. Now, I don't always do that perfectly, but that is what communicates that I love her, that I draw near when it's hard and I'm willing to do the hard things of laying down my life so that she can find life. And so when we talk about the love of Christ, I think we often have this kind of Valentine's Day or even like super spiritual thought that in my time with Jesus I'll have this apex moment and that is when I'll know. You know, and and those are good. I love those moments with God. But how do we know God loves us? Is it because we felt it two years ago in a special prayer time or retreat? that's great, but we know God loves us because he laid his life down for us. And guess what? He does it again and again and again and again. And he draws near. When we sin, he says, no, I'm committed to you. It's not changing. When we sin, he forgives us again and again and again. When we fall short, he says, I love you. When, when we are not kind to him or others, he is kind to us in return. That is his love. God paid the ultimate price for you and I. He laid down everything. God became man, right? I mean, that's a blow away. I've said it before. That's like me becoming a cockroach. It doesn't even compare to me becoming a cockroach to save the cockroaches of life, you know? Like it's a blow away. God became man and then not only had a painful human experience, he willingly chose death so that we could live so that you could live and that you would not have to carry your sin and your shame and your isolation and your fear any longer that is love some days you're going to feel that and some days you won't but that is how we know we're loved so when you struggle he loves you when you're struggling with depression he loves you when you're feeling isolated you're loved when you fall short in sin you're loved When you feel abandoned, you're loved. When other people don't love you, you are loved. You're loved, you're loved, you're loved. Church, do you believe you're loved? You are loved. And I need to keep saying that because so often we don't believe it. And sometimes I need to say it over myself. I'm loved, I'm loved, I'm loved. He loves me. He loves me not because I do things, him, just because he loves me. He loves me because he loves me, and he loves you because he loves you. And man, that's the good news of the gospel, that that there is a love that we have access to that is nothing like the love that we can find in this world. We see reflections of it in this world, but the love that we get to tap into is supernatural because it's God's agape, unconditional love. And so some of us, man, we, we need to be reminded, we've been walking with Jesus, we need to be reminded again today and maybe there's some of us here today who, who, who we don't know where we stand with God. And, and you need to know that maybe even for the first time today that if, if, if you will join us and just say, man, I've sinned and fallen short, but I believe that God can forgive me and I can experience love, not because of what I've done, but because of what he's done call upon the name of Jesus. Some of you need to call on Jesus today and be forgiven and experience that love, maybe for the first time. And we want to be with you if you need to do that today. But what happens when we experience that type of love, Paul, the writer of 2 Corinthians, shared there's a couple implications of that. And we see that in verse 15 and verse 16. Number one, when we experience that kind of love and when we start to believe it, Number one, we no longer live life for ourselves. Verse 15, we no longer will we experience a God who paid the price, became man incarnated and gave his life for us. It compels us to do the same. It reminds us that our short life on this earth in light of a long eternity is not about amassing sums of money. It's not about achieving greatness in the eyes of people. It's not about being famous. It's not about being light. It's not about being a TikTok star, right? It reminds us that our short life on earth is to join our Savior in laying down our lives so that others may have life just like Jesus. And the more we experience what he did for us, we don't, we're not motivated because we have to do that for others, but we're compelled to do it for others because we've experienced one that laid down his life for us. The second implication of this good news is that we fundamentally relate to people differently than we used to right? And we see that in verse in verse 16, right? We fundamentally, we no longer see people after the flesh or, or just in their natural people. We see people with God's eyes. That's part of this bracelet, right? God, let me see people like you see them. Let me relate to people like you relate to them. So we see people not just in light of our um, natural, we see people in light of eternity. We see people As people that God loves and that need Jesus, right? We see people who are made in God's image whether they are superstars or homeless, whether they're the same ethnic background as you or not, we see people who are made beautifully in the image of God. And what that means is when we see people made in the image of God, we become people who call it the gold and the gifts in other people. We relate to people not as they deserve, but as they are valued by God. We relate to people... Um, uh, sorry, we, we, when we show up to work, we don't show up to get a paycheck, we show up to serve. Right? When we're hurt, we don't exchange hurt or abandon people. When we're hurt, we radically forgive and love because we've been radically and, forgiven and loved. Right? We fundamentally relate to people differently. And guess what? That sets you free from the fear of man. When you know you've been approved of by God, you don't need the approval of people. And let me just say it like this. Uh, Sometimes we we get really worried about what people think of us because we don't want to misrepresent God. But let me say it like this. We can't love people and be afraid of everything they think of us. You can't love people and fear what they think at the same time. What what sets you free from the fear of man is the fear of God. And then when you're not worried about what someone thinks, you're free to love them. (laughs) Because you don't need anything from them anymore. You can love them without strings attached because, you know, I'm going to do the right thing and love them. Whether they approve of me or not, I can just love them. Right? All right. So... um, So again, we're inviting you, God, help me to see people and love people like, I, like you do. We've got a little, uh, if you want to put our, our testimony slide. Um, if I, again, we're inviting you to do this every day. I think there's going to be some stories of things that God is doing if we're living this out. And So feel free to textify us if you've got just even a small story of God doing something in your heart or through you with other people to this number. I had a fun opportunity to send a Textify into the number, into the uh, this week, and so save that number, because I think if you're, if you're praying, God might be doing something. Okay, so what is it then that he's called us to do? Two things that we see in this passage. First of all, in verse 18 and 19, it says that we are ministers of reconciliation. We're ministers of reconciliation. Now, uh, <clears throat> The, the definition of reconciliation is a restoration to favor. A restoration to favor. Now You might think of a story or two in the Bible when you think of this. But what I think of is a prodigal son story. Now just think for a second. There was a son who, who, who ran away and he sinned and did, did everything his father didn't want him to do. And then he realized, he came back to himself, man, it was better in my father's house. And so he comes back all ashamed and afraid and is kind of willing to, to not have any of his inheritance. And what is the father's response? Who is kind of a picture of God. He runs to his son with open arms, says, my son, who is far from me, it's good to have you back. He loves him. He forgives him, puts a ring on his finger. And guess what? That's who our God is. That's what our God does. So if you're wondering, when you watch the news and you see people's politics and you go on Twitter, what is God's heart? I believe, yes, there's right and wrong and, you know, there's there's a morality we need. But listen, God's heart, I believe first above everything else, is the father heart of God (laughs) for people. And we're here throwing stones at people. And we're here backbiting people and criticizing everyone. And God's up here saying, I want to save them. But you're just throwing stones at them. I want to be reconciled to them. And you're angry because they're not like you. And God's up here with open arms wanting to run to them. And I think we often chase people off. And so guess what? It's pretty awesome. You have been entrusted to represent the Father, to represent the Father, and to bring that good news. You see, our message, yes, does include about sin. But our message includes that despite sin, we have a father that wants to forgive, that wants to heal, that wants to invite into the house, give him a a treasured place, give this person a treasured place, and give him a a new inheritance. And that's the message we get. We're not telling people, you know, hey, you stink, you know, hey, you're terrible. No, no. We got good message for people. Y'all believe me? Are you just tired today? All right. Great. What's that? It's raining. I know. So we're ministers of reconciliation. Turn to someone next to you and say, you're a minister of reconciliation. So to further explain this, Paul says, you're kind of like an ambassador. If, if we are representing God the Father to people, we're kind of like an ambassador. Now, what is an ambassador? An ambassador is an accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. That's cool, right? So uh, my wife and I had the opportunity uh, a number of years ago uh, when the Arab Spring was going on. There was war. We had been praying as a church movement for Libya for years. And so we had the opportunity to be some of the first ones to go into Libya in the middle of war. Uh, and we're not medical people. We led a team of medical people who are smarter than me. Uh, and uh, we got to go to some of the front lines and, and work with hospitals and people and work alongside the UN and also make a way for what God wanted to do in his kingdom and, and, and people coming in to do God's work there. And so we had the, uh, I had the opportunity in on one of the trips out there to fly back on a UN plane. So I got to sit next to an ambassador. It's pretty cool. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, it was the ambassador of New Zealand to Libya. And so I'm talking to him, getting a story. This guy knew not only all about New Zealand and what New Zealand hoped for with Libya and their interests, but this guy knew everything about Libya, This guy knew about the Libyan people. He had a love, not just for his home country, but he had a love for the people of Libya. When he talked, you could hear it in his voice. Uh, He had spent his time studying and learning about the needs of people in Libya and the interests of people back in New Zealand. He had one foot in New Zealand and one foot in, in Libya. Now, when we talk about being an ambassador we're not saying we're all going to be missionaries to a different country. What it's saying is that we're missionaries on planet earth, right? So some of us, like we're an ambassador, if we get sent to another nation, no, we are in the other nation because our home is not on earth. Our home is heaven. So if you're ever just feeling unsatisfied, you watch like two hours of TikTok, which hopefully you're not, and you're like, I still feel empty. That's because we're not home. And by the way, don't do two hours of TikTok, uh, but you know, so uh, right, or, or whatever, Netflix deal, right? This is not home. We are in a broken world, and we're missionaries. And so what happens, just like in an embassy, If you're in the American embassy in Libya, you're on American soil. When you got saved, heaven got put inside of you. The spirit of God got put in you. And you're a walking embassy of God's presence. Do you believe that? Now that's good. You're a mobile home of God's presence. Right? (laughs) That's awesome. And so God's desire is that, Whenever someone gets around you, they get a taste of heaven. That's just a paradigm shift. What if you want to work on Monday thinking, whenever someone comes around me, they could get a small taste of heaven, right? And you might say, what in the world qualifies me to be an ambassador? Number one, Jesus was an ambassador to you. Jesus knew your needs and your interests, and he came to the earth and then stepped into your world and your needs and your pains so that he could represent the Father's interests in your world. And that's what we get to do with other people. You are now qualified, and God is inside of you and wants to come out of you to others, right? I often think, do we really believe there's a person of God inside of us? Like, he's like in there, like, let me out. I want to love this person. I want to talk to this person. I want to let them know how much I love them, right? Let me out. I want to speak to them. I want to embrace them. I want to care for them. So who are we an ambassador to? Now, I often think when we think of this kind of ambassador, we think an outreach. And so we think if I'm going to be missional, I need to find time in my schedule to go on an outreach, now, we do outreaches, we let, you should come on outreaches, we get a bunch of outreaches, mission trips, it's awesome. But um, what happens is, many of us, we got kids running with different things, whatever, and we're like, I don't have time to do outreach. And so it's like, we just don't do that part, right? And we're like, oh, that would be great if I did outreach. Meanwhile, we're working somewhere 40 hours a week, Right? We're living next to a bunch of people. We got family members that we grew up with, right? And then we're like, I don't know anyone in my life that doesn't know Jesus. I'm like, we do, actually, right? And so just think of it like this. Where do you live, work, eat, play, right? So just to kind of like frame it, we've got a few different categories of people. Who do you work with? Who are your classmates? Who are your neighbors? Family member? Who's your barber? Who's your banker? Who's your, you know? Um, and I have to believe that maybe you went in a neighborhood because you liked it, or you liked the schools, or you liked whatever, or you could afford the rent there or whatever. But I have to believe that God put you there in assignment. You see, he's sovereign. He knows what he's doing. And so um, it could be so simple. You know, I go to the niece's house. And Jen has a little hospitality basket out for her mailman. Come on. Take one, please. It's water, granola bars. I love it. She said, how can I be an ambassador? Right? Or a number of years ago, instead of driving through the bank, uh, and this is before online, I just, I didn't like online banking, right? So I would go in and uh, instead of going through it, I would go inside so I could talk to people. And I got to know a couple of bankers. I got to lead one of them to Jesus because I said, hey, instead of just doing a machine, I'm going to go in and talk to people, right? So I can be an ambassador. Um, so I just want you to take a moment and think, who has God called me to be an ambassador to? And I, again, this is really practical. But again, um, love isn't just a feeling. It's an action. It's actually a verb, Right um so love is on the adjective first is first a verb I believe and so um I just want to take a minute and just like right in the middle of the sermon I know we don't know how do that we're just gonna take a minute and pray and just write down on your notes in your phone or wherever you uh or journal or whatever maybe the names of a few people or a place that God has maybe called you to be an ambassador awesome so, Lord, we just want to stop and think about this for a second. And, Lord, bring the faces and names of people to mind and places. If the broken, filthy feet, here I am. Pray, continue to, even out of, coming out of today, put people in our mind. Let us, as we've been praying in this bracelet, let us see people like you see them, not just blow past people or use people, but let us see people like you see them. And God, I pray that you'd impress these names, these people, these locations deep into our heart so that we would carry them Uh, With love in Jesus' name. Well, I want to take the last little bit and just talk about somehow how can we practically be ambassadors or ministers of reconciliation? Now, uh, I know uh, how God moves is rarely in a straight line and like a steps one, two, three. So I'm going to give kind of four different things we can do, four ingredients that often happen in this order, but definitely don't always happen in this order because uh, when God moves, he can do whatever he wants to. And so uh, number one is to pray, to pray. And, and just throughout this time, um, I'm going to share uh, Just a few stories, I worked a number of years ago at a Starbucks, just part-time, to make a little extra money, and uh, so I I had the opportunity to kind of approach that, and I said, man, I'm going to take, I worked there for two years, what would it look like if God's kingdom came and I were an ambassador? So it was kind of a fun experiment for me. And so when I knew I got hired at Starbucks, I, I began to pray. So two weeks before my first shift there, I began to pray and seek God. And it was so cool. God began to give me a couple scriptural promises of things he wanted to do there. God began to give me his heart. He began to build my faith. So man, when I showed up on the first day of work, I was already filled up, man. I was like, I've got some words from the Lord. I've got some promises, some things he's impressed in my heart. And, and I, I, I tried to come, filled. Uh, And and that's what I try to do then. I try to show up five to ten minutes early before my shift. I'll just sit in my car in silence. I'd focus on Jesus. And then I'd pray uh, before and say, I'd pray for my coworkers I'm working with by name. Then I'll wait on God if he has anything up for me on that shift. And uh, I didn't always nail that one, right? But what it did was it aligns it, prayer aligns our heart to God. And if you ever worked in the service industry, you need, you need a lot of alignment with God's heart, right? Because uh, the reality is, there was one, it's, it's going to hear some cool stories here, but there's a couple times I almost punched someone, I promise you. I like literally was like, I'm about to hit you in the face, you know. Uh, but prayer aligns our heart with God's heart for people prayer produces God-sized results. You might be sitting here thinking about these people like, how in the world could this person come to know Jesus, right? Uh, But God can do whatever he wants, and prayer unlocks the supernatural to invade the natural. And prayer can give us his direction. God wants to speak to us in prayer on how to approach different circumstances in different situations. And here's the good news. Everybody can pray. Prayer is not a gift mix. It's not a personality type. Everyone can change the world and change your little area that you're called to be an ambassador to in prayer. Second uh, of uh, my four Ps, uh, presence and practice. So prayer, but secondly, presence and practice. What I mean by that is being relationally and even physically present with people and practicing the ways of Jesus alongside of them and around them, right? Just being like Jesus, right? And so, um, we often are physically around people, but not emotionally or mentally around people. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You ever have work days like that? Um, So, uh, back to my my little Starbucks days. Um, I tried to take a curiosity in people's lives, so if I'm making a frappuccino, I'm not just zoning out, although I probably did that sometimes. Making a frappuccino, I'm turning to my coworker and say, hey, what do you like to do for fun? Hey, how was your week? Hey, tell me about your family. Hey, uh, you know, um, and, and so I tried to kind of, and I'm not actually always an extrovert. And so that's one of the reasons I prayed ahead of time so that I showed up, try to give out. And I got in all kinds, I got pulled into people's dating lives, I got pulled into people's life questions, right, just by asking questions of people. And here's the deal, if you care, that makes a huge impact on people, if you really care. And what happens if you ask questions, people end up asking questions about you, tell them about your life. And so at that point, I'm going to just share, you know, not only about what I like to do for fun, but then how God changed my life at some point or another. I get it, you know. So I get to be in a real relationship with people. Another question we ask, right? We're not just being present with them, but then how can I, how can I serve, right? Because uh, we have a Savior who came to Earth to be a servant, and we follow him in His footsteps. And so, again, I believe that fundamentally changes how we show up to work on Monday. It fundamentally changes the way we interact with our extended family if we follow a savior who is God, but a servant, right? So just stop and think the people in your, in your ambassador area. Maybe it's a boss. What does your boss need? Your boss needs you to show up and work hard, right? And a lot of times we're, we're, we're trying to fly the Jesus flag and then we work like a slob, Right? <laughs> And we're like, Jesus! And then they're like, can you just do what I've asked you to do? You know, or like, hey, I need you to like be wholehearted. I need you to focus on what needs need you to focus on. And it's confusing for people, right? And so if we're going to fly the Jesus flag, that means we work hard not for anyone but God, and then we show up as a servant to serve needs. And so uh, just a cool story at at Starbucks. My boss is one of those people. I'm like, how are they going to get saved, right? And I remember... Um, I would just try and be encouraging and loving. And one thing that happened was my coworkers would talk down about my boss all the time. And I'd just say, hey, I'm, I'm not participating in that. And I even called it out a couple of times. Like, hey, that's, that's not helpful for the environment we want to create in our store, right? And so I'd always try and be encouraging and I'd try to, you know, ask questions of my boss. How you doing? Do you need anything? Whatever, she'd start to pull me in on like management decisions and all that. And so finally one day she looks over to me and says, what is it about you? She said, when when I go home, my husband can tell whether I worked with you or not, because when you're not on shift, I come back crabby, but when you're working, I come back full of life. What is it about you? And so uh, we had a few minutes, and so I began to just tell her about how Jesus had changed my life. And it's funny, I got to the point of, I got talking about sin and that part of the good news. And uh, a bunch of customers came. And so (laughs) I was like, let me finish tomorrow. She said, you come back ready to tell me the rest of that because I can't wait, you know. So the next day in the break room, I'd never seen someone pray to receive Jesus like that. I mean, she was, uh, I had a little like crafted prayer. You can pray to receive Jesus. She went off there. She's like, Lord, I need you, God. Jesus, I'm a mess. You come save me. She got saved, you know. Uh, God came into her life. I still check in every once in a while on Facebook, uh, doing well. God showed up. Well, another way we can serve people is not only by being a good employer or a good neighbor or whatever, a good friend to people. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can serve people with the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit. Did you know the same Jesus, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you? So the God who knows everyone's life lives inside of you and can bring these things to your mind. Right. So uh, I I worked with someone named Wanda at Starbucks, and she uh, was probably in her fifties. Had this limp she'd have for years, a hip, a hip issue, constant pain. And so one day she came to me, she's like, hey, can you pray for me? I'm just in a lot of pain today. And to be honest, I was like, why'd you pick today? You know, like I didn't, and I, I go into this like works thing. I'm like, I didn't pray enough or not, you know, whatever. And so I'm like, let me go pray and fast. No, don't think like that. That's, that's religion. And so I'm praying and I'm like, I don't feel anything. Right. And I'm praying and uh, I'm praying over a I get up and she's like, whoa, what is that? I feel like I'm floating in the ceiling right now. Like I just feel so loved. And then she starts moving around. She's like, I'm healed. (laughs) I'm healed. So she starts making frappuccinos and you know, whatever like this. And she's, customers are coming in. She goes, Jesus healed me. Jesus healed me. And she's like doing this all day long. My boss comes in who wasn't saved yet. I was trying to witness, you know, she's like, Jesus healed me, you know? And I'm like, well, this just made it a whole lot easier because just, you know, God should, I didn't feel anything. It wasn't like I I had two hours of God that day. I just stepped out in faith, right? I said, God would speak things to my heart sometimes that people needed to hear. So Sometimes I'd just take a risk and say, hey, um, like my coworker, Vanessa, um, she, I was talking to her and I just, God spoke to my heart uh, as this thought came in my mind. And I was like, hey, are are you having conflict with your parents about what you're going to do with your future? So break time, I said, hey, this is kind of random, Vanessa, but is this going on? It's just, this thought keeps popping in my head as I'm talking to you. She said, how did you know? And so I got to explain it to her. She gives her life back to Jesus that day. God began to speak to her. And so the third P here is present the good news. Uh, Present the good news in some way or another. That could be in your testimony, your story, right? So I had one coworker I was talking with and um, I was about to go on vacation and she started talking about her vacation and how she likes to party like crazy and this and that. So I said, oh, I used to do that. And so I started to share my story. I just met her, but I was like, you know, I used to do that and da-da-da. And so we got to sharing stories and I talked about how Jesus saved me. She gave her life to Jesus right there, right? And so here's another cool thing. Um, We can not only share our stories, we can invite people to church, right? So you got these guys. I want to invite you to put this in your wallet. You never know when you're going to get in conversation, And someone needs a church body. So put that in your wallet or your whatever, your purse. Uh, So this girl gets saved. And then I was like, uh, she starts talking about her sister. And I was like, why don't you invite sister to church? So she invites sister to church. Sister gets saved as well, right? Um, And this is all just God showing up at Starbucks, right? Uh, And so... uh, (coughs) Another way we can um, present the good news is, is by sharing the story of Jesus. There's four simple ways uh, that we can go about presenting this little thing. We got someone in the Connect booth. Um, you know, you don't have to use these, but it just kind of explains a really simple way that's biblical, how to share the good news with someone. God made you for a purpose. Do you believe that? Right? There's a problem. Sin separates us. So when I was talking to my friend Vanessa at Starbucks, she was worried about her future and her parents, and I said, well, hey, do you believe that God has a purpose for you, and knows what you need to do, even though you're confused? She said, I guess, yeah. Well, I said, do you feel close to God, or do you feel like he's revealing that to you? And she said, no. Well, I said, well, there might be a reason, not that God's going to immediately show you everything about your life, but we got this thing called sin, and, and, and I shared that I've sinned many times too, right? And uh, sin separates us from God, from the God who knows your purpose and knows why you're here. And so then we began to talk about, um, man, well, you don't need to be separated. From, you can be reconnected with the God who knows your purpose and wants to lead you. And that's through the solution of Jesus, right? And, and, and that's why she recommitted life to Jesus right there. And so again, this is a simple way you can kind of internalize that, lead someone through that and, and present the good news in a very relevant way to whatever they're feeling in their life. But it was fun. Over the course of two years, God's kingdom invaded Starbucks because we had an ambassador. And I pulled another girl from another church. We began to get together and pray for Starbucks. And she would follow up with people who get saved, with the women I'd follow up with, you know, and we were just reaching Jesus. More than half the people who didn't know Jesus got saved at Starbucks over the course of two years. Um, We would consistently, it was fun, Uh, we had... One of my coworkers, if they're sick before going to the, uh, the doctor, they'd come to Starbucks to get prayed for because we started seeing people healed consistently. Uh, sometimes customers would come and encounter the Holy Spirit because we'd have an opportunity to pray for them. Uh, and so God wants to show up where you are. And so here's what I want to do. Um, I, I, I would love to kind of, as we commissioned a couple people earlier in, in the life group earlier I want to kind of commission us out um, here in a minute. Uh, but before we we all get commissioned together at the end, I want to um, to take a song or two and just respond to what God wants to do. And so if the, the band can come up, um, I think just a few people that were on my heart that I'd love to to pray over one. And some of us, God wants to set free from the fear of man. And, and I would even just want to invite you to be bold because part of being free from the fear of man is to, is to step out in faith and not worry about what others think. If you need some freedom from the fear of man, I would just love you to come up here and we'd love to pray for you and minister to you over here. Secondly, you know, Acts 1.8 says, be filled with the Spirit of God and His power, and then we'll be witnesses. I believe God wants to fill some people in the power of the Holy Spirit today. And if you're wanting more power from God to do the work of God and to represent God, I would love for you to come up here. and We'd love to lay hands on you and pray for a fresh filling of the Spirit. And just for the rest of you, if you just want to come up, you can, you can stay there too. But if you want to come up and just get prayed for as well, uh, we're going to take some time and do that in response. Sound good? Awesome. So let's stand. Um at the end, we'll commission everyone, but um, if you want to get prayed for, for the fear of man, come on up here. If you want to get prayed for to be filled with more of the Holy Spirit, come on up here, and just, if you want prayer in general, just come on up here, and our leaders will be praying for you. I know we're being a little interactive today, maybe a little more than normal, but we want to be people that respond to what God is doing.